Isaiah 50, verse 10. I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. Let him who walks in darkness, let him who walks in darkness and has no light. That means you don't have a flashlight, you don't have a candle, you don't have anything. You're just walking in darkness. Can't see your way through. Doesn't feel good. This is what you do, he says. Trust in the name of the Lord and rely. I mean, really lean into the Lord. Rely on his God. Trust in the name of the Lord and let him rely on his God. We just bow for prayer for just a second. Father, we just pray now for your anointing, your strength. Lord, let your power flow through this room. May your word lodge deep within our hearts. May it heal. May it move every obstacle and break apart every place of control and bondage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Children sometimes worry about the things that go bump in the night. And I know if you have children, you've had that experience. I, I went through even a season when I was a boy where I remember when I went to bed, I would not hang my foot over the edge of the mattress. I, I was afraid that if I put my foot over the edge of the mattress, that that monster that was always sleeping up under my bed or, or that person I crawled in in the night and was under my bed would somehow come out and get me. Ah! And I was afraid. And I went through that for, for some time until I, I, you know, I got over it. Um, not too long ago, recently, we had some very substantial thunderstorms that were in the area. And the next day, I was talking to my sweet daughter-in-law, Stephanie, on the phone. And she told me, she said, wow, over here at my house, the storm was really strong. And she said the thunder was so loud, it was like rocking the house. And it was in the middle of the night, hit in the middle of the night. And, and she said before the night was over, she said, I had all three kids and the dog that were jumped into bed with us. How many remember how wonderful it felt to be able to crawl in between your mama and daddy in bed? Isn't that just the safest place in the world? Well, we may laugh and we may think, you know, that, that's kid stuff. But can I tell you that there's a lot of adults that worry about things that go bump in the night? And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, today. I want to talk to you about overcoming the dark nights and those difficult seasons of life, the stormy nights, the dark seasons that, that come to us. And we're going to find out that we can always run to Jesus and jump into his lap. When life is dark and hard and difficult, I'm so glad that we can sing, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. I'm glad we can say that. We all know that we live in a world that is filled with darkness. It's filled with darkness. And there are demonic forces, dark forces that are trying to destroy our families and our communities, demonic spirits that are trying to discourage and addict and pollute and plague the minds of, of innocent 
children and adults and cause us to worry and fear. I mean, perversion and lawlessness is everywhere. Even this last July 4th, I don't know if you knew this, but there were 16 mass shootings in America that killed 15 different people and wounded nearly 100 across 13 states in America this last July 4th. And we're all concerned. I mean, we never had this before, but now we're concerned when we go shopping in a, in a mall or send our kids to school. People are worried about inflation, financial instability, and they're worried about the future. Are they going to have enough money to retire? And what about the inflation rates? And this is killing my budget. Thousands of couples that are wrestling with tense, stressful marriages. Parents that are concerned for the safety of their children in a very perverse world that we live in. And then there's, on top of that, the looming international struggles, wars and nuclear threats and the rise of socialism and wokeism and the growing anti-Christian sentiment that we, that we all feel. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come to me in the last several months that are going through crisis and struggle and marriage problems and all kinds of difficulties. I am convinced that Satan is trying to oppress the children of God today. He knows he doesn't have much time left. He knows somehow in his understanding that the church is coming alive and being filled with the Spirit and revivals filling the earth, and he's working overtime. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 6, 12. He said that we are wrestling against this present darkness. That's the way he described it. That is the description of the world that we live in today. This present darkness. It is present everywhere. Now, I'm not trying to be negative or pessimistic. In fact, I don't mean to do that at all. I want to do the opposite. I want to proclaim and preach to you today that God's presence and power overcomes the darkness in our life. He really does. And we can always run and jump into his lap because he's there in the darkness. Yes, we live in a dark world, but we are children of light. How many of you say, I'm a child of light? We're children of light, and we are called to overcome the darkness. This is what the writer said in John 1, 4. He said, in him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One version said, the, light ha the darkness has not been able to extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. Cannot extinguish it. And I know that Jesus is here, and he's in the darkness. You know, I, we were visiting, Lynn and I, with a couple that we love here in the church. And... Uh, Many of you probably know them, Mike and Jen Nicewinder. And in fact, they are, they are right now in Estes Park, Colorado, in a condominium. And they texted me after the first service and said, we were watching you online. And we're praying that God will really use our story. Because they gave me permission to tell this story. And we were at their house one night, and they began to share their, their testimony of a very dark moment that they went through a few years ago. 
And that was when Mike came down with COVID. In fact, he was so bad, he'd been sick for 10 days, and he ended up in the ICU unit at the hospital. And he just got worse and worse. He, he had double pneumonia. He had a GI bleed. He had serious respiratory issues. He lost, in those 10 days, 20 pounds. And then he was beginning to have some heart problems, and they were going to do a heart cath on him the next day. And when they were getting him ready, the night before the test, he had a massive heart attack. And Jen couldn't be with him because she had COVID. And so she couldn't visit with him. And she was at her house alone. And she had just gotten the news of all the things and the heart attack. And she was in total despair. She felt like it was a life and death moment. She's a retired RN, so she knows all the medical reasons of what was going on. And also Mike is a retired PA. They're both medical professionals. And so they understood all the ramifications of what was going on. And she told me, she said it was early in the morning, about two or three o'clock. Darkness was still around. And she said that she was just crying out to the Lord. And it was a dark place filled with fear and despair. And I just didn't even think he was going to make it. And she was just seeking the Lord and crying out to the Lord. Can I just tell you, how many knows that when you get in a tough place, I'm so glad that we know how to pray. If you ever want to know how to pray, when you get in tough, dark places, your prayer life is going to improve. It better improve if you want to get through it. And she was crying out the Lord, even though all hope seemed to be lost. And she prayed this prayer. She said, Lord, I, I need you to intervene, but I don't even know how to pray right now. And she said suddenly she just felt an urgency to pick up a devotional that was beside her and to read it. It was the devotional for that day. And she started reading these words. She said, oh, my child, have I ever failed you? Have I ever turned my back on you or forsaken you? Ask for the victory, and I will come and bring it. Look for me. And she said it felt like a prophetic word that was just lodged right toward me. And she said God began to speak to her and strengthen her. And she said, suddenly, I felt the presence of God come into that dark room and just fill that, that room that I was in. And she said, I felt his awesome presence all around me. And then he spoke. He spoke right into my heart. And this is what the Lord said to her. Don't worry. Mike is going to be safe. Wow. Wow. She said it was a breakthrough moment. It was such a breakthrough. She said, I knew we had victory. I, she said, I knew, I knew in my heart of hearts that Mike was going to be fine. And guess what happened at the hospital? A miracle started happening. He started gaining strength. And the doctors didn't understand all of it, but he began to progress and get stronger and stronger and stronger until now he is fully active and completely recovered, and they can testify that God was in that dark place. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is a living, active. Did you hear what I said? He's not only living, but he's an active presence. He is involved. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I want to tell you about fear. 
Fear is a human experience that we all experience. And we all have to deal with it. And there is a good fear. There's a healthy, rational fear that God gave to us that we can know when to be afraid to take caution for some danger that's around us. Like when you are walking across a four-lane intersection, you better have a little fear in that moment, right? That's healthy. That's good. But there's another fear, and it's an unhealthy fear. It is a fear that actually comes from darkness. And the Bible teaches us that we are not to let fear dominate us. Don't let fear possess you. Don't let it control you. Don't let it cripple you. 33 different times in the Bible, we see that phrase, fear not. Fear not. The Bible is speaking about this unhealthy, crippling fear. This is a fear that Jesus addressed with John the Revelator. You know the story. He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was in prison doing hard labor because he had preached the gospel. And there he is all alone, away from everything. And Jesus appears to him and says, Fear not, I am the first and the last. The living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Psalm 34, 4 said, I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I just have a feeling this morning that there are some people that need deliverance from fear. Did you know there is a spirit of fear that's driven by hell itself? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So there is a demonic, evil spirit that comes to sow one thing, fear into your heart, to make you apprehensive, to make you nervous, to make you question yourself and question God. And when you get in the situation, he breathes all kinds of ideas into your mind, and they're all devastation and dark and dismal. I, I read a survey of 2,000 adults that revealed that 40, listen to this, 40% of them are afraid, they're afraid to walk around their house at night when the lights are out. 40%. Another study said that among adults who have difficulty sleeping, insomnia, that 46% of them said the reason they couldn't sleep is they were afraid of the dark. That's adults that are worried about the things that go bump in the night. You see, there's two kinds of fear, uh, two kinds of darknesses. There, there's the physical darkness that we understand when, when there isn't light, when we turn the light switch off, when there isn't any source of light. You can't see the sun. It's, it's night and it's darkness. That's natural. But then there's another darkness, and it's much more serious. It's the spiritual and emotional darkness some have called it the dark night of the soul have you ever been in a place where you thought it was the dark night of your soul you know when things are tough and you you can't see anything positive it may be physical problems life problems family problems financial problems but you're just bombarded and overwhelmed and you feel discarded maybe rejected alone overlooked and you have questions that you can't answer, things you don't understand. Satan will try to use those moments 
to sow fear into your heart and take advantage of you. It's spiritual, emotional darkness. But now get this. When those two happen at the same time, when you have a night that is filled with spiritual, emotional darkness, the two intersect and they overlap and it makes darkness worse. You understand that? When, when dark things are happening and it's during the night, it seems like it's much worse than during the day. And our problem is that we have to live some during the darkness. And we have to deal with emotional and spiritual darkness and we, we feel overwhelmed. Now, I know there are some of you that are here today and you say, oh, Pastor Monday, I don't need this. I, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm strong in the Lord, and I've got a mature walk, and I'm not afraid of the darkness. This, this sermon, this doesn't mean anything to me. But just in case you feel that way, can I, can I just point out that there was a mighty prophet by the name of Elijah who had just called fire down from heaven. How many of you have called fire down from heaven? I mean, he had called fire down from heaven, destroyed the false prophets of Baal. But then Jezebel threatened his life, and the spirit of fear came all over him. And the Bible said he ran. He went a day's journey into the wilderness. He took off running the other way. And in his depression, he laid down under a tree, and this is what he said. I'll, par I'll paraphrase it. He said, Lord, I've had enough of this. My life isn't worth living anymore. I would be better off dead. Just, just take me out of here. here. Lord, I want you to kill me right now. I want you to understand something. The spirit of fear became the spirit of suicide in his life. Satan wanted to use that moment to take Elijah out to destroy him and destroy his influence and destroy his ministry. But God sent an angel to rescue him. And you know what the angel said? And this is verbatim from the word of God. This is what the angel said to him. The angel said, get up. That's what he said. He said, get up. God's not through with you yet. Get up. I just want to tell somebody in this house that God is saying to you this morning, you need to get up. You need to get up out of your depression. Get up out of your despair. Get up today. He's got a future for you. He's got blessings ahead for you. He's got good days ahead for you. He's got victories that are waiting for you. I know there are some people under the sound of my voice that, that you are dealing with a spirit of suicide because God put that in my spirit. And you've been hearing the voice of Satan say, your life isn't worth living. You, you need to end it. Your life is not worth anything. You just get out of this misery. But in the name of Jesus, we cast out the spirit of suicide in this room in Jesus' name. That is a lie. That's a lie. The CDC has declared also that insomnia is a national problem. It's not just a spirit of fear, but it's driven us to lose sleep. Insomnia is a huge problem. CDC says that 50 to 70 million Americans are affected by trouble sleeping at night. 
nearly half of the population experiences symptoms of insomnia. And those who can't sleep, listen to this, psychologists tell us that they are five times more likely to suffer depression because they can't sleep. Whatever the reason for your insomnia is and your trouble sleeping is, I want to say to you today that we are expecting God to heal you today. I, I believe that God wants to give you fresh sleep and fresh rest. You can sleep even, even if you live next door to the devil's mother-in-law. And buddy, that's bad. You can sleep. You can sleep. You see, everyone needs sleep. I bet you haven't heard a sermon on sleep, so here it comes. I don't care how tough or bad you think you are, whether you're an early bird or a late owl, your body needs to be able to sleep. God designed sleep. You won't be able to function. Your brain will be on overload. Your body will suffer physically, and your spiritual and emotional life will be fuzzy. You know, God uses sleep to restore us physically and spiritually. He said, your old men shall dream dreams. But you can't dream spiritual dreams if you can't sleep. It was during sleep that God took a rib from Adam's side and gave him the greatest gift of his life. It happened when he was asleep. It was during sleep that Jacob received the greatest vision of his life and God restored his covenant with Jacob. It was during sleep that the angel told Joseph, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. That's fine. God wants to give you spiritual moments even in your dream life. And some of you are cheating yourself because you're giving in to anxiety and fear and restlessness. Now, I, I want you to hear something. You know, I, I, I did not understand this concept. I had never thought about this concept before. And... Uh, I was reading a, a book, and they were talking about this, and I thought, wow, I have misunderstood this completely. Many think that the night and the darkness is Satan's domain, and that the light and the daytime is God's domain. I've got some news for you. God created and owns the day and the night. He's the God who works in the light, and he's the God who works in the darkness. He is present in the light, but he is also present in the darkness. Hallelujah. It's all his domain. He is the one who called the light day and the darkness night. And then he said, it's good. It's good. It's all blessed by his hand. And we have somehow let the devil hoodwink us into thinking that we can surrender our nights to his lies and into his fears when God is saying, stand strong and tall because I am in the darkness and I am there with you. Don't let him pervert darkness and cause you to be fearful. In God's mind, there's never been any question about who owns the darkness. Isaiah 45, 7, God said, I form the light and I create darkness. I, 
I think it's remarkable that when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to meet God, this is what the Bible said in Exodus 20, 21. It said, the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. We, don't, we sometimes think that God only dwells in the light, but let me tell you something. He also dwells and habitates in the darkness. He's everywhere. So that means that, oh my goodness, that means that we should expect to encounter God when we are in dark places. He rules over the darkness. Psalm 139 said, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. And I could extend that and say, if I walk into the dark room, he is there. If I walk into a dark season, he is there. We cannot run from his presence. Darkness is a place to meet God. It's a place to experience his glory. I'm so glad that God doesn't just show up on sunny days. I'm so glad that God doesn't just dwell in well-lit areas because we would be in bad shape right now if he did. But God is everywhere. He's in the darkest places. Guess what? God is in the funeral home. God is in the hospital room. God is in the loneliness of your bedroom. He's in the confusion of your office. He's in the chaos of your family room. He's in the depression of your loneliness. In fact, in the darkest night seasons, God has done some of his greatest work. I got three amens. So let me prove it. You know, Samuel Red, uh, Rutherford, who was a Scottish pastor, who had been in prison for his faith, who said, he wrote this, he said, Jesus came into my prison cell last night and every stone flashed like a ruby. That God can walk into your darkness and show you his glory in his presence. When did all this happen in the darkness? It's just like the Israelites. Have you ever thought about the story? You know the story of how the Israelites are running from Pharaoh and they're making their journey across the wilderness. It's a horrible time and there, there's hundreds of chariots and soldiers and horsemen, Egyptian soldiers that are running after them and they're trying to get down to the Red Sea and they, they finally get down there. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was like a light to them. And it says in Exodus 14, 20, that his glory lit up the night. Catch that. It lit up the night. But for the Pharaoh and his soldiers, it became total black darkness that they could not even move in. And all night long, listen, all night long was a night crossing. The Israelites are going across the Red Sea that has been parted miraculously. And they have light in the darkness. And then God, when he gets them all safe, he lets Moses raise his hands, and it said, in the morning watch, the morning had come up, the soldiers start a 
falling into the river to chase after them, and the waters receded and fell upon them and killed them. That story takes place in the darkness. God worked in their darkness. So what do you need? What, what kind of season are you in right now? What do you need from the Spirit of God to help you right now? What kind of night season? What, are, what kind of stressful, long nights are you go, going through right now? Satan wants you to be walking the floor and wringing your hands and losing sleep. He wants you to give up and be hopeless and go into despair. But here's the answer. We are believers. And so what do believers do? We, who is that that said that? I heard over here somewhere. You, thank you. Raise your hand. You get an A today. We believe. Believers believe. That's what we do. We believe. We use faith. We believe that this word is true. It's true in the light, and it's true in the darkness. It's good on a happy day. It's good on a depressive day. It's good when everything's good and wonderful and smooth, and it's good when life is falling apart. We believe this word. We believe it. Oswald Chambers said this, the one thing for which we all are being disciplined is to know that God is real. Do you know that God is real? Do you know that? Do you know that he's a very present help in the time of trouble, in the time of darkness? So what do we do in the times of darkness? How do we get there? You know, Abraham had a dark night. You remember the story? He's got his son finally. He's got Isaac. The promise of God is coming true, and he feels so blessed. And then he has a night. One horrible night, it seemed. He got bad news. Have you ever had a night that you got bad news? You didn't know what to do with it? Bad news. And that night, in the middle of the night, God spoke to him and said, Take Isaac, your only son, take him up to Mount Moriah, and sacrifice him to me. What? Lord, I don't think I understood you right. Yeah, sacrifice him to me. And that night, that believer... The father of our faith made a decision in the darkness to do something. You know what he did? He decided to give God his Isaac. And when you're walking in a dark room, what do you do when you're walking the floors and you don't know what to do with the problem, with the situation, with a crisis? How do you handle that? I'll tell you what you do with it. You give God the crisis. Whatever it is that is causing you to walk the floor, you surrender that completely into the hands of God and you believe the word of God and you say, devil, I will not receive the fear that you're casting into my soul. Spirit of fear, leave this room right now in the name of Jesus. I take power over your authority. I stand in faith. I will not be moved. 
Faith in the darkness breaks, breaks through and gives us strength. And you know the rest of the story of Abraham, God came through for him because when Abraham had obeyed, God provided a ram for the sacrifice and showed him, I have other plans. I just needed to know that you would obey me. And in the darkness, that you will obey me. Are you willing to obey God in the darkness? Are you willing to trust him in the darkness? Oh, I, it's easy, isn't it, here this morning? Wow, I've got all kinds of faith here this morning. It's easy to worship the Lord here with all this worship band behind us and hundreds of you worshiping together. We energize one another. But what about Tuesday night at 3 o'clock in the morning when life is falling apart? Can you worship God then? Will you stand as an Abraham and give him what is disturbing your life? Sometimes faith in the dark moments has to be plain dogged determination. It's got to be spiritual stubbornness. It's tough tenacity where you fight the good fight of faith and you just stand your ground and you hang on the word of God and you don't feel victory. You don't even feel the presence of God, but you take the word and you say, this is your word and I'm going to hold on to it. I love the story that David Wilkerson told. True story, a woman who lived in an apartment in one of the boroughs there in New York City. She was in her 80s. She was a devout believer, strong Christian. But one night, she was awakened by an intruder, a man who literally kicked his way through her front door in the middle of the night in the darkness, kicked down the front door. She didn't know what to do. Her bedroom was upstairs. And having faith in the Word of God, she just finally decided, well, I'm just going to go out to the top of the steps and I'm going to start quoting the Word of God to him. I'm just going to quote the Word to him. And in her excitement, she could only remember one scripture in the whole Bible. Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the only one she could remember. But she was so scared, the only thing that came out was just the reference. So she stood at the top of the stairs and she's screaming at this intruder and saying, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, over and over. And finally the man fell down on the floor, put his hand straight out and gave up and stayed there till the police came. <laughs> police walked in, saw what was happening and they just started laughing. They looked at this guy and they said, why in the world did you surrender? We'd just like to know. 80-something-year-old lady, and you just fall on the floor? Why did you do that? And he says, I'll tell you one thing. If you had a woman screaming at you and said, I've got an ax and two 38s, you'd fall down too. Amen. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit will take our frail efforts 
when we stand on the word. When you don't know how to pray, he'll give you words to say. When you don't know what scripture to use, he'll lead and guide you to the right scripture. All he wants you to do is to be a believer. And if your friends are throwing rocks at you, if someone is, you know, lying about you and just making your life feel bad, if he's throwing rocks at you, just pick the rocks up and build an altar with them. Build an altar. Start worshiping the Lord. You can make it through the darkness. We come against the spirit of fear. We come against the spirit of suicide. And I want God to heal your sleeplessness, your restlessness. I want to remind you of God's promises, and I want you to reclaim them. Psalm 127, verse 2. God gives rest to his loved ones. Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Even when you feel overwhelmed, I speak the peace of God over you. I speak the rest of God into your spirit. In the name of Jesus. I believe that God wants to heal insomnia in this room today. In the name of Jesus, I believe God wants to deliver somebody from the spirit of fear. He wants to put courage in your heart in this dark season that you're walking through. He wants to give you supernatural rest and peace. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I fear? That's your strength. If you're here today, I want God to minister to you. And I, maybe you don't want to be identified with this group of being fearful or having trouble sleeping or any of these things we've talked about. But if truth were to be told, we probably all need some ministry in this area. But I want you to stand with me right now. I want to invite you for a closing prayer. I want to invite you. You know who you are. You know you're struggling with fear, anxiety, restlessness. Maybe you can't sleep at night. Maybe you're the one that would say, I've been wrestling with messages in my ear that I needed to end my life. That it wasn't worth living. Today, God's calling you. Just as much as he sent the angel to Elijah, he sent me here today to give you this word because he wants to lift you up and move you into a place of peace and safety in him. The world's going to get worse and worse. It's going to be terrible times, treacherous times. That's what Jesus said. But we have these promises that we can live in peace no matter what happens on the outside. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world I give to you. I give you my amazing supernatural peace, and it's going to flood your life and change your life. If you'd like to have that, I want you to step out from where you stand for a closing prayer and just come and stand with me. I want to pray over you right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus, from up in the balcony. Come on. Yes. Amen. Amen.
You know who you are. Come on. Don't live with that anymore. Don't live with that stress, that fear, that worry, that anxiety. Today's your day. God brought us here for this moment so the Lord can minister grace to you. In Jesus' name, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Thank you, Lord. We surrender to you, Lord. We yield ground to you. In Jesus' name. Come on in. Come on in. That's right. Just come on in close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence and your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They're still coming. God's still speaking. We're going to wait a little bit more. Lives are going to be changed because Jesus is here. He's here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My peace I give unto you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I feel peace coming in the room right now. Come raise your hands right now and just, just say, I want the peace of Christ to fill me right now. Come on, Holy Spirit, speak to your children. We yield and we surrender to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For the Spirit of the Lord would say to you, I am calling you out of the confusion of this world. I am calling you to come and stand beside me. And let me give you my rest and my peace. Don't be afraid. I stand beside you, says the Lord. And I am almighty and powerful. I am the one that made the heavens and the earth. And I can create in you a new spirit and a clean heart. And right now, I come to you with my power and strength. Rest in me, says the Lord. Come on, receive that in the name of Jesus. Rest in Him. Rest in Him. Now, Lord, we come in the mighty name of Jesus as these brothers and sisters literally cast their care upon you at this altar. They surrender their Isaacs. They surrender the things that's been keeping them up at night. They give it to you. Come on, give it to Him right now. Just surrender it. Just say what it is right now. Just whisper it to the Lord. You know what it is. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's a, just a habitual worrying and fretting, it, whatever it is, surrender it. Now, church, I want you to come in agreement with me right now. We take authority over you spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, we cast you out. You can no longer, you can no longer defeat and beat down these sons and daughters of God. We take authority over you and we cast you out. We break your bondage over every life in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, receive that right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for you that have struggled with suicidal thoughts and tendencies, Come into agreement with the Holy Spirit right now. Spirit of death, take your hands off of these sons and daughters of God. 
No more, no more. Close your mouth. Be silent in the name of Jesus. No more. We speak life over them. Life and healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's all raise our hands and praise the Lord. You in the altar, raise your hands, receive it. It's done. It's done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord here. Amen. I hope you do today. It's been great being here today and hope you have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. So the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you and go with you.